Fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, in the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 763 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How's things going? You sound uh, a bit uh, Barry despite, White there. Yeah, despite the fact I don't sound too good, it's, it's all a head cold. It's all just nasally and behind the eyes and bah. Yeah. I actually feel fine. It's just one of those just things. Big, it doesn't help that it was like 34 or something today. So head cold in 34 degree weather with a huge amount of wind and pollen in the air. It's fantastic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep it. We're going to have a lot of rains and maybe more flooding, so we've got that to yeah. look forward to. Yeah, so are we apparently we're going to get you know, a couple hundred million in four days, apparently. So we need that, and it's heading down the coast because they need it too. Down to us, yeah. <laughs> so down, like down the down the coastline, down like through Lismore and Ballina again, all yeah, through there. Reflood. So it's a once in a one thousand year <clears throat> event. That's just how long that event goes for, see? Yeah, constant. <laughs> it goes for like 940 years. <laughs> yeah. We should say this episode's uh, dedicated to Glenn Goodman, who uh, passed away uh, Wednesday last week. Uh, we got a note on the Aussie Tech Heads Facebook page from his wife. It's with the heaviest of hearts that we let you know that Glenn has passed away on Wednesday, the 16th of March, after a long battle with COVID. There'll be a memorial service held on Friday, the 25th of March at 11am Queensland time, Alambi Memorial Gardens, located on Narang Broad Beach Road in Narang. This will be followed by a wake at Burley Heads Surf Club from 1pm. And you'll be able to watch that live streamed if you're not up on the Gold Coast area. You can uh, go to the Aussie Tech Heads Facebook page, facebook.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. And it's got the information there on where to log in at what time, and the username and password so hope you can make it i know we'll be watching it ourselves yeah i'm gonna try and make it it's gonna depend on the weather uh if it's not raining horrendously i'll try and get down there yep uh, but otherwise yeah I'll, i won't be able to but yeah <clears throat> um yeah and unfortunately guys 
we've had to uh, deceive some of you guys as to what's going on because obviously we knew stuff beforehand, but we couldn't say anything until it became official. So yeah, we wanted to let his family say something first. Yeah, so if we're dodging your questions or sort of being uh, giving you a roundabout answer, that's kind of why. But um, no, we we do uh, you know obviously. Glenn, yeah, he's the founder of Aussie Tech Ads and the Secret Hub on the Gold Coast. We wouldn't be here and, without uh, him. And Glenn and Mark started the whole thing back in, uh, in the 90s. When was that? I can't remember when it was. I think I joined about episode 200, you or three, some odd. Yep, yep. 360 or something like that you joined. And um, we've had Garth and we've had... Eric. Uh, yeah, Shane. Eric, Shane, uh, PA. Milo uh, was on a couple of times. Yeah, we had Milo on a bit um you know and some of these guys like shane is one and there's another gentleman i can't remember his name um i have to go back through the facebook post and read it but go and help them out get started in their in their careers and they they do podcasting and yep. one of them's a tech journalist now and um, that's all Glenn helped them out you know just off the off his own bat and same with us same with us like we just randomly messaged him one day and went hey you know one of the hosts <laughs> you're the one who wrote me in actually i did yeah i was but, doing uh, tech talk radio callings through <laughs> skype and you're like come on our show I'm like oh uh, well i don't yeah. know i'll have a listen to a couple episodes and maybe have a look and uh yeah and you know and of course the offsprings of that was you know a few forays which ultimately the reason they failed was time i, I purely didn't have time but there was the android show there was talk back tech um crypto uh, old geeks crypto one minecraft we, there was a minecraft one there at one point we had a few different shows Aussie on and Mac off zone. and even prior to Aussie tech heads um i think they had a show called retro regeneration or something i can't <laughs> remember there was two or three sort of that was my uh radio show retro uh, it was there's retro something retro i can't remember what i'll have to i was trying to find it Wasn't today a security show as well uh there was yeah briefly there was a um but prior to Aussie Tech Heads, there was two or three different um, different show attempts at sort of getting the formatting and everything. And I mean, originally it was audio. I think up until like episode 100 or something was, was all yeah, audio. Yeah, I went back through the uh, YouTube episodes and they've only got from like 269 there, onwards. Yeah, there's about 100 missing I noticed today. I'm not sure. I believe they were on the Secret Hub channel because originally it was all done on the Secret Hub. Oh. And I think the Secret Hub channel has been closed. So the earlier ones aren't on there i did have a look on the wayback machine um and they do link to them on the old aussie tech heads and the old secret hub website but of yep. course the links don't exist anymore so they were on there at some point i was looking for some clips for the <coughs> end of this show so stay tuned there'll be a few added on the end of this just some funny moments with glenn but i was looking for the That's first episode or something so i could say this is how it all started but he didn't the the, the the really early ones i literally recorded with like um, I think they had like a laptop sitting in front of them and they had a, lap- a lapel mic that they just passed backwards and oh, all right. <laughs> 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 uh, the old early ones. But yeah, no, it's, um, you know, obviously we wouldn't be doing the show if it wasn't for Glenn. And, you know, I, I'm, I've met, well, I've met Glenn a few times, obviously working with him throughout the years and, and uh, doing different things. And we met, I've been to his place a few times, come to my place a few times. We, the big thing we did was the... Um, one of the tech, uh, the big tech spectacular show thing they have on at the at the um, performing arts center in town in Brisbane. I can't think what it's called off the top of my head, but 
we met there and it was funny the year we went i can't remember who the i can't for the life of me i got a complete blank i can't think who the third person was we went with i don't know why i, I can see I, I just can't see it but i know that we went there and we put like our business cards and all these different things saying <laughs> you know you'll win something if you put business cards in yeah and glenn crossed his name out and put our names on them you know like we're not, not even asking to and we all won something. I won a, like back then, I think it was the Xbox 360 was just launched. Oh, I won one of those nice. and someone, Glenn won something else. And yeah, it was, um, we did that. And then of course you had a chance to meet him at, uh, was it Rabina or wherever Yeah, Rabina Shopping Centre when I went up on holidays a couple of years ago. I said that I want to catch up. So we had some lunch and a chat for about an hour or so and got a nice photo of us there. We're always we'd been like Glenn's got to come back on uh, episode seven hundred uh, or seven hundred and fifty. Oh, yep. Glenn is going to be back one day. Yep, it's that's one of those things, isn't it? Like you, you just don't, you know. Yeah, you don't know. You just, uh, I mean, the future's so unknown, but the fact that it's in in some regards, like it's it's been what I think I worked it out. It's been close on fifteen years. I've known him. Yeah, you know, like it just doesn't. <laughs> I don't know where that's gone. You know, I mean, think about it. That's that's five hundred and fifty odd episodes ago. Like, it, you know, it's, yeah, I it's started a long about time. Um, nine years ago on this show and been going yeah. since then. Yeah, it, it's it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's so hard to to fathom. But uh, I think he was in um, ICU for about eight to ten weeks or something, wasn't he? He went in mid January, I think. So yeah. off the top of my head, I'd have to go back and look at my timeline. But I think we've known that he was you know see you and pretty rough since since mid-january but we just obviously can't say anything without without permission you know but. yeah and we'd talk and uh, <laughs> they'd said he was going a bit better and then going a bit worse and then going a bit better and then was well, going really good at, apparently they started just taking him off, they started taking him off all the machines yeah so you just never know do you no it does bring up uh, it's sort of uh, i don't want to say the one good thing that come out of it but one thing that it sort of has raised my awareness of uh, it's, it's sort of twofold. One is I'm now, I'm now aware that I need to have somewhere where I have a physical offline presence of all my accounts and yep. passwords. And like I've got to have that somewhere that even if, you know, you can't get into my computer or something happens and I can't access that, then somebody else knows where that is. Yeah, yeah. I gave uh, my daughter my <laughs> Bitwarden login so she could access all of those, but um, she wouldn't be able to get onto my computer because she doesn't know the password or my phone. So yeah. we'll probably do something about that. We all went through that sort of thoughts when her mum passed away a couple of years ago. So yeah, and the other thing I sort of thought about too was like, okay, well, I'm you know, Glenn was a uh, you know a small business owner, you know, and I I don't know the laws around it. Um, generally pass on to your next of kin, but I'm not sure how that works, but it's the same thing. Like now that, you know, I'm a small business owner and Son's a small business owner, we're like, okay, well, we really need to, you know, put a plan B in place there in case something happens as well. It's not just yeah online presence, really. it's the physical presence that we had. Like 20 years ago, it wasn't really an issue. No. It wasn't really an online thing to be worried about, you know. Yeah. Um, but it kind of... They tie together now. If you're if you are a small business owner, your online presence and your physical presence at, at the small business kind of go hand in hand in a lot of regards. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, um, you are the business. 
yeah exactly you know and and everything that revolves around that is online so even if it does go to you know say it goes to your kid and he's under 18 well it's going to go through a, a mediator or whatever first but they still need access to your records and to your accounts they're in to continue the yep, business so exactly it's it's not not necessarily nice to think about but it is certainly something to be aware of that um mm-hmm. i had not really even thought about honestly um so we're kind of lucky with my daughter's mum situation in that her current boyfriend had access to her phone and computer login and then um, my daughter could get access to some of that stuff so he he doesn't play any games or anything so he let her transfer all the stuff over to one of her email accounts and she took over her mum's games and other accounts and stuff so that um, she could play some other stuff but also remember her mum things like that yeah exactly it's um you know it's just something that you you just need to be aware of now um so it's something i'm looking into getting organized yep (laughs) um so i'm just uh because i do have a head cold i'm probably going to be sniffling and carrying i'm going to try and avoid to do it in the mic as much as possible but it's not always going to happen so i apologize in advance for sniffing into the mic because i know it's great etiquette and you you know (laughs) what else you need Uh, a will will well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I don't have one at all. Not, I don't, not that I have an outdated one. I just don't have one. Yeah. I didn't uh, have one for ages, but when I was in Sydney, they have a <clears throat> um, state government thing. You can go into the office and do it for free. You just talk to them and tell them what you want to happen, and they put it all together for you. And I'm just like, give it all to my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, nobody else. I'm like, there won't be anybody else. Just give it all to Yeah. I don't have friends. What are you trying to insinuate? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. So they they fill all that out and then and then mail it to you. So I've yep. got it in in there, kept safe, and uh, <clears throat> if anything happens, they'll have all of the information there. And uh, just so you guys are aware, at this stage, um, we're certainly going to do everything in our power to. Uh, there'll be a rough transition period, but we're going to try and bring, you know, make sure everything keeps happening with the shows and they're going to stay up and we're going to try and, you know. You know we'll keep it going gonna, in Glen's honour. <laughs> it's going to be, it might be a bit rough for the next few weeks with the odd week here or there that's not happening or we're not going to be able to do something because we haven't got a password to something or yep. something. But yep. We're going to we're gonna try and work it out. See, obviously we have to chat with, with Kim and the family and see, you know, if, if, if what they're happy to do and what they want to We're do. We're just lucky that he gave me access to his the Facebook account and also on YouTube to upload stuff. Yeah, which I, I had. And then when my computer crashed, I lost all the current password list. And I <laughs> so and I uh, I messaged him when I didn't realize he's in hospital, actually. I messaged him, say, hey, can you send me a password? He's like, no, I'm in hospital. I'll, I'll give him to you when I get out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I messaged him. <laughs> Not long ago as well and said hope you're doing all right and will needs access to stuff can yeah. i at least get your facebook or your youtube login yeah i had yeah. it and it was in my bit warden but he changed it at some stage and i don't know what it is now yeah i've got the older one but not the new one no. so i don't know but um yeah so hang around to the end of the show and or if you want just fast forward to the end of the show it's up totally up to you i mean who wants to listen to us just far, actually just fast forward to the end of the show. <laughs> right now in <laughs> fact <laughs> thank you for listening to the yeah. aussie tickets <laughs> let's, let's just do it that way <laughs> but no then we'll have something at the end there but yeah just remember if you are available um on on friday to to watch live it'll be uh, you know 
Uh, I'm, I would imagine it will be re-recorded at some point and re-replayable, but uh, if you've got the opportunity to watch it live, then, then um, you know. And also, too, I'd like to thank everybody for the support that came through on the Facebook pages. And, yep. and the, I'm uh, sure Tim was thankful, too. Yeah, yeah, it really helped. And, you know, makes them, you know it makes you realise just how, you know, the people who never met him, people who've been listening to him for 20 years but never met him, mm. There's people like he's the reason that I started this, or he's the reason I got into that, or you know, it, you re- go through the stories. It's amazing how many people he helped. You know, yeah. um, it's kind of a pity you've got. To, I guess you've got to wait until it happens to find that out. But yeah. at the same time, you know, it's, it's Glenn's the sort of person who who couldn't care less about about praise. Like it, it wasn't him. He he just did stuff because it needed to be done. Yeah. The amount of times that my you know we're having stupid issues with websites or emails because. Well, mostly because the web devs were useless. And I'd pick up the phone at 8 o'clock of a night. Admittedly, okay, I had his phone number. It was a little bit cheaty, but <laughs> pick, up, pick up the phone at 8 o'clock of a night and go, hey, Glenn, you know, your system's booted me off again because these guys did this. Is there another way I can get into it? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's nah, all good. Um, the one thing I will quickly ask just for now, if anybody has a Patreon or a PayPal or they're donating in any way like that, can you guys just put a pause on it just temporarily because I'm not sure if anybody has access to any of that stuff to be able to check it. We can't get into the back end to pause any of the donations or anything like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I'm thankful for them and I appreciate it, but I believe some of them were going into the Aussie Tech Ed's business account. Some of them were going into Glenn's account just because it was easy to do that until we can figure out exactly where things were going. Um, yeah. If you guys can pause donations temporarily, that would be greatly appreciated. And um, if you do feel like it in a couple of months, once we get it all back up and sorted again, then, then by all means, we'll have an option there for you to continue that. Yeah. <clears throat> Alrighty, so that's all the fun stuff out of the way. Ah, dear, dear, <laughs> it's be done, though. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all fun. It's all fun and games, I suppose, is the expression. Maybe you should get into some moves. <clears throat> Let's try. Alrighty. NBN Co. had a near 90% success rate encouraging 12 megabits and 25 megabit users to upgrade to either 50 or 100 and above services under a recent marketing campaign. The migration of users out of lower speed tiers under last year's Focus on Fast campaign went largely under the radar until it was made public during NBN Co.'s financial results briefing last month. Focus on fast was a try-before-you-buy scheme that enabled users to be moved up to much faster speed services for free for six months before being given a chance to pay more or roll back to their previous speed tier. Most of the attention around focus on fast was initially around upgrades of 100 meg users to 250 meg. Retail service providers reported mixed results after the campaign expired, especially among 100 megabit per second users that were happy enough to take a half year of higher speeds before dropping back down again to 100. Co's figures reveal that 145,100 of the 100 megabits per second <coughs> users were moved up to 250 for free as part of the campaign and that 92,200 or 64% elected to stay on 250 megs and pay more. However, the success of Focus on Fast is really seen at the lower end of the broadband mix. NBN Co. said that 540,000 25 megabit per second users trialled on an upgrade to 50 meg services and 80% or 470,000 decided to pay at the end. 
In addition, 25,200 of the 12 megabit per second services were moved up to 5020, and 22,400, that's 89%, stayed once the campaign and rebates ended. Smaller numbers of low-end users took a much larger leap of faith to higher speed tier services. MBN Co said that 2,800 of the 12 megabit services were moved to 100 megs and above, of which 2,400, which is 86%, stayed on, and that 5,600 of the 25 megabit services were moved to 100 meg and above, and 4,600, which is 82%, chose to stay there. The conversion figures offer an unusually detailed view into the marketing campaign and its relative success in achieving what the company set out to do, which is to coax more of the user base onto high-speed plans. Depending on the outcome of upcoming changes to NBN Co Special Access Undertaking, SAU, however, such discount schemes may be more difficult to run in the future as retailers seek more price certainty and less change and experimentation on NBN Co's part. MBN Co has argued in favour of maintaining its ability to offer discounts in part so it can keep testing out new price levels and combinations. The company is presently running another discount scheme aimed at getting even more users off 12 and 25 services, building on the success of Focus on Fast. <coughs> How about that? I wonder if the you know, 10, 100,000 users or whoever it was who they got the free upgrade were the ones who go, no, nah, I'm going to go back now. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you're already here. Just just stay there. Some people yeah. couldn't get any upgrades. Well, yeah, exactly. They, they, when they upgraded them, it didn't make any difference. But so, I mean, people like you are stuck on a service that's not upgradable. Yeah, I'm effectively, realistically, it's ADSL I'm on because it's, it's copper and copper. It's copper and copper. Like, there's no, no fibre anywhere. I'm actually yep. plugging into an old phone socket here. So it's, yeah, it's effectively ADSL too. So the speeds it's are N B N in quotes. <laughs> yeah. So the speeds I'm on, I think I'm on I think I average about I'm supposed to be on the one hundred twenty five, but I think I get normally like ninety twenty. Yep. But it's pretty much consistent at that, like I can almost guarantee it's always that speed. So TPG and someone was <clears> supposed <throat> to have to pay back millions of dollars recently because they uh, didn't tell people that they couldn't get the speeds that they're told they were supposed to. Yeah, it was TPG and uh, I think it was Optus actually, but yeah, yeah, I was reading that before. It was, it was interesting. <clears throat> Which, see, this comes into the thing where they were ranking the the ISPs, and Aussie Broadband ranked as one of the lowest. But as I said at the time, it wasn't a fair comparison because they're getting a lot of the areas that other places don't want, and their speeds are lower technically because they're on lower speed services. Yeah. <laughs> But they're making people aware that they're on a lower speed. Yeah, I mean, you could be on a higher <laughs> speed service if it was available, but it's not. Yeah. And you're on Aussie Broadband, so that brings their numbers down. It's yeah. not your fault, it's not their fault, it's just the infrastructure's like that. That's right. And the thing is, though, when I was with, I did originally, was I went with um, Foxtel here, because originally when we got Foxtel, we got 12 months free internet through Foxtel, so I was with them. And they're like, oh, you'll be on the on the 100 250 or whatever it is i'm like well that's fine i said but i won't get those speeds yeah, yeah no you'll go no I, I really won't but anyway and so on my plan i was on the 100 so statistically i was on a faster plan yeah in reality i wasn't because i was still getting the same speeds yeah my cousin lives on a farm in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and telstra would ring her up once a year and they're like hi we'd like to get you onto our fast internet she's like really 
That would be interesting. How are you going to do that? <laughs> Wait, just tell us your address. Oh, okay. Here's my address. Type, type, type. There doesn't seem to be any ADSL or NBN or any kind of service where you are. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what were you saying about a faster plane? I'll talk to you again <laughs> next year when you try and sell me across <clears throat> to that. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, speaking of like independent providers and stuff, I got uh, Amber credit. I haven't been with Amber for three months. I've been with um, uh, I've been with uh, Ellison, Elsian. Yeah. What do you say it? Because Amber just wasn't working for me. Not their fault, just the way their plan structures are set up. And uh, I ended up I got an eighty five dollar credit today because the the you know how they credit you back for when the power peaks and drops and carries oh, yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's taken that long for the government to put, push through the actual statistics. Ugh. But I got like an $85 credit from three months ago. So I thought nice. that's pretty cool. I'm not, I'm not even going to send me an email saying, this is not, we're not trying to get back. We're not trying to get you back. We're not trying to do anything. We're just simply going to let you know that we've got a credit sitting here waiting for you to collect. Like, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yep. Yep. They um, work so out all right for me because I've got the Tesla <coughs> battery. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. they control that. And whenever the price goes up, the battery comes on. When the price goes down, the battery goes off. So, see, I'm with uh, um, Elysian now, Elysian Energy, and you basically pay. <clears throat> uh, well, my this bill's thirty five dollars. Yep, I think <laughs> mine's about forty a month, but that's so, network access, which they can't override. It, so yeah. everyone has to pay that. And um, mine's and well. The, Mine would be less because uh, I'd have a higher solar rebate. But um, because of the floods and the granny flat was wet to try and stop mold, I had the aircon going in the granny flat for two weeks and it's an old window unit. So it chews a lot of power. Plus we had the aircon inside happening. So I wasn't putting that much back in in solar. Uh, yeah. It probably would have had a $0 bill if we weren't running the two aircons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because I was going from $300 a month bills with, with um, Amber <clears throat> to $30 bills with Elysium. Ah, right. And the price per kilowatt's the same. Yep. The solar rebates, yeah, more or less the same. The big difference is Elysium don't cap the amount you can return, whereas Amber did. Yep. Um, and um, Elysium do what they call a daytime and a nighttime priority. So you get to choose... A cheaper rate depending on which one you use. So if you're at home during the day and you work overnight, you'd choose the day rate as your cheaper rate. Yep. If you're at home of a you know overnight and you worked in the day, you chose you know the other end. You know you choose the night rate if that's where you use more of your power, or if you have the aircon on. Yep. Like in our case, I chose the nighttime rate because we've got solar to run the aircon during the day. Yeah. But I chose a cheaper rate because the solar can't run the aircon overnight, obviously. So. I get a slightly cheaper rate, nighttime rate, um, in return for paying a fraction more during the day, yeah. but the, that's offset by the solar. So no problem. <laughs> so you can kind of game the system a bit. It's actually a really good setup they've got. I'm quite quite fond of the the way they do it. Yeah. And you get two months. So they bill me. <clears throat> yeah, they re, re, made a read on the ninth from from the ninth to the ninth, basically. It takes them a week or so to get the bill out, and the bill's not due until for two months. So you get sixty days to pay the bill. Oh. <laughs> like that's nuts. Nobody else does that. Everyone gives you like you know eleven days. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> or else. So, 
But uh, yeah, so I don't know. So speaking of NBN, um, Telstra oh. and OneWeb. So OneWeb's a uh, satellite um, company. Telstra and OneWeb. Ha- one OneWeb. <laughs> one Howdy <web>. doodly, Rooney. <laughs> Have signed a ten-year deal that will see the Australian telco incumbent build a mainstream three uh, and maintain three new teleports in Australia to provide ground support in the southern hemisphere for OneWeb's growing fleet. So basically, the teleports are effectively a small satellite array that's ground-based that points up at the the lower but satellites that they've got in the sky. <clears throat> um, according to the pair, the first teleport will be located in Divendale, Northern Territory. And it's scheduled to begin installation this month with a go live planned in July. The other two sites in Charlton, Queensland, and Wangaratta in Western Australia are planned to come for com- completion later this year. Uh, under the deal, Tester will also provide 24 hour, seven day a week monitoring and quality assurance because you know, they're good at that. Um, Lower thought of satellite technology is transforming the global connectivity landscape, not only by creating business opportunities, but also giving more bandwidth to communities and governments, the internet. Sorry, giving more bandwidth to businesses, communities, and governments. in the internet access they need for process for progress. One web delivery and operations chief Michelle Frenzy 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 F A N C I Frenzy. More collect uh, more connectivity options benefit everybody. OneWeb has already launched two-thirds of its constellation, which is providing coverage in areas that have been historically difficult to connect, including Alaska, Canada, and the wider Arctic. The UK region. UK-based satellite company is gearing to launch more of its satellites this year after signing a deal with SpaceX. Following initial plans to launch three dozen satellites were halted by the Russian Space Agency over the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, they also signed a memorandum of understanding to explore new connectivity solutions in Asia-Pacific regions, including Australia. Telstra signed a similar deal with Viasat last month that was the telco over a period of 16.5 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, build and maintain the ground infrastructure needed for when the Viasat 3 geosynchronous satellite constellation eventually comes online. Mm-hmm. So geosynchronous basically means stationary. So they launch them and they sit and they're rotating at the same speed as the Earth. So yeah, so it looks like Chelsea's going to be in charge of um, satellites now. Because, yeah, you know, they did so well with that uh, what was it what do they call that thing that they launched? I can't remember what it's called now. Satellite. Yeah, it was the well, they, they they new because they originally had a satellite up there, and then they've gone, oh, we're releasing a new one that's high speed and has more users, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was only like ten percent better than the old one that that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. The federal government has hinted that favourable tax treatment for cryptocurrency businesses is on the agenda as it tries to set a regulatory agenda for the sector. Speaking at a conference organised by Blockchain Australia, Senator Andrew Bragg, who chaired the Australia as a Technology and Financial Centre Committee last year, said he didn't want to see Australia miss out on a chance to become a blockchain hub. Once Bragg said, Australia had wanted to become a hub for asset management. This hasn't happened. 96% of the funds under the management are domestic. He attributed this to former Labor government's failure to pursue the legislative changes needed to attract the sector and said he wanted to avoid this happening to the blockchain sector here. He told the conference he sees four key policy actions that should take place before the end of the year. 
terms of reference for the Board of Taxation, setting up an inquiry into taxing crypto assets, an inquiry into the causes and policy responses of debanking by the Council of Financial Regulators, consultation on the market design, for example, licensing of crypto markets, and a final consultation on the custody regime covering custodial or deposit services. Introduced the risk that Australia misses its cryptocurrency hub opportunity, said that rather than trying to tweak the already complex Corporations Act, we should have a very simple, clear and clean Digital Services Act. Digital Autonomous Organisations, or DAOs, which some people believe could replace corporations, should also be examined as part of any cryptocurrency regulatory regime. Since it's been taxed as partnerships rather than companies, he warned the rise of DAOs could result in mass tax leakage. He pointed out the company tax comprised of 17.1% of Commonwealth revenue in 2020-21, doubled the OECD average, and he says he believes this is unsustainable. The key principles for regulating DAOs are that there's a consumer protection framework, along with audit and disclosure standards, replaceable rules rather than company constitutions, to standardise DAO governance protocols and limited liability as it applies to companies. Expanding on how the tax system needs to accommodate ambitions for Australia to become a cryptocurrency hub, he said unless you are competitive on taxation, you cannot be a serious hub. People like me will have to make the case into the public square that a tax cut in this space is needed because he wants Australia to be viewed as a jurisdiction that people want their business in because our tax system is clear and clean just as our regulation is clear and clean. While ruling out advocating that Australia join jurisdictions like the Isle of Man and Bermuda as tax haven, he said we need to be more dynamic, adding that we shouldn't be afraid to look at tax havens as inspiration for regulation. Nothing worse than when you tax leaks. Nope. <laughs> you should see a doctor about that. Yeah. What's he mean our regulations are clear and crisp? What, what regulations are he reading? I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but they apparently he wants us to become a cryptocurrency hub. Do you see that? Uh, so in, in Canada, they're having a, a peaceful protest, the same as they're doing in New Zealand, and the same as happening at Canberra, although the media refuses to show it. But. Um, so what the Canadian government did quite illegally, but they decided that they're going to seize the assets in the bank accounts of all the truckies and all the processors. Ah. Uh, it's, it's quite an illegal seizure and it's all being fought in court and they're going to be in a lot of trouble over it. But what happened was they're like, well, okay, well, let's seize their assets and seize their banks, their bank accounts, and they won't have any money to take us to court. So one smart guy goes, well, okay, let's start a funding campaign we can't use a known thing because we can't use gofundme or something because one they're going to pay into a bank account and two they're going to shut it down like they have with every other attempt so okay let's just donate crypto yep so they set up a bitcoin wallet and a this wallet and that wallet and another wallet and said anybody want to donate crypto you're quite welcome to go to this website transfer money out of your account or off your credit card transfer into into crypto and put it into one of these wallets and they raised, I think last time I checked, it was over $10 million. Wow. Um, and the government can't touch it, obviously, because it's encrypted crypto, and I don't think they even know what that is. But um, they want around. to be able to tax all of that and take control. <laughs> yeah, but because some random guy started up an account who has no affiliation with any of these people, they've got no way of knowing 
who the who owns the account therefore they and i don't think he was even canadian i think he was like swedish or something all right so they got no way of touching this this cryptocurrency and then whenever one of the truckies or whenever one of the protesters needs money they just email this guy and say hey can we need we need money for this and he just organizes it all over the phone or online or however and pays it and (laughs) so (laughs) didn't quite work the way they had planned doesn't sound like it (laughs) um Meta, Facebook, you know, that thing that can't be Facebook anymore, they have to be Meta. <laughs> anyway. Meta says Australians' anti-defamation laws are at odds with FTAs. Now, when you have Facebook saying that your anti-defamation laws are bad, you know that they're bad. <laughs> it has to be. Like, that's like the, the be-all and end-all of insults. Um, Australia's proposed anti-defamation laws seek to require social media platforms to establish a nominated Australian entity that can access user data for users who post potential defamatory material, which Meta warns is inconsistent with the country's agreements with its largest trading partners. uh, Meta has warned that the anti-defamation legislation being proposed in Australia's federal government is at odds with the country's free trade agreements from other nations. The anti-defamation legislation framed as laws to stop trolling seeks to require social media services providers to establish nominated Australian entities that can access user data for users uh, who have posted potentially defam... defam... defamatory. Uh, yeah, I've lost my line, where are we? Uh, potential material while in Australia. The laws contain this requirement as the federal government wants to make it possible to unveil a postal identity for the purpose of initiating defamation lawsuits. Was all this started because of friendly Geordies calling some politicians some nasty names and they took him to court and he won? Pretty much. <laughs> that's that's basically what it comes down to. It's a, it's a little... little they don't want you calling Peter Dutton a Mr. Potato Head on Twitter and anything like that. But the Article 105 of the Australian and United States Fair Free Trade Agreement bans either country from requiring a service supplier based in the other country to establish... Or maintain a representative office in any form of an enterprise as a condition of offering cross-border services. So they literally can't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's against their fair trade agreement. It's basically the Australian government stomping their little feet and going, we'll show you who's boss. Yep. Because, um, once again, they don't understand how the internet works. No. <laughs> oh, dear. So, but apparently, yeah, if they do that, they're going to be lost. So they're going to, you know. They're going to fight Facebook. <laughs> Basically, Meta's going to say, look, if you're going to do that, we're just not going to be there. We'll just turn it off for your country. That's fine. doesn't worry us. Yeah. Won't affect them at all. <laughs> and then the government's like, yes, but who will you to send, send our propaganda to everybody? Um, so, Twitter? <laughs> nope. So, basically, it's... um, Not their, not their hacked WhatsApp accounts, that's for sure. <laughs> So basically saying, apart from the fact they can't because of the um, fair trade agreement, they're also saying that the proposed laws create safety issues for vulnerable communities that are better served remaining anonymous online. Uh-huh. So the Senate referred the anti-trolling law for review last month with a report at the committee's findings due this week. Oh, that's right. I forgot they're doing that as well. That goes hand in hand with it. So apparently you can't troll people either. That's going to be really enforceable. Yeah, it's like the whole. Um, what they try to was it last year? They tried to ban um, memes. <laughs> Remember that the UK went. That's it. We're banning memes. Memes. You can't. You can't share and post and copy memes anymore because they're offensive. Like, 
And how exactly do you propose to keep that under control? <laughs> when people are making memes with like salt and pepper shakers and go, yeah. you know what this is about. Yeah, it's like, it's, you, once again, there's more proof that the, the, the higher ranked you are, the stupider you are. Yeah. You know. Do anything just to try and control people. Yeah, exactly. The NAB has begun development into its own stable coin to help settle trades on its carbon credit platform. NAB, alongside UBS, Standard Chartered, PNP, Paribus, and other entities combined to develop a distributed ledger technology DLT based marketplace, Carbon Place, where organizations can exchange carbon offsets. The Carbon Place settlement platform will provide the IT infrastructure to enable reliable, secure, and scalable trading of carbon credits and is set to officially launch by the end of 22. While the bank has made no moves to investigate cryptocurrency, NAB Executive Innovation and Partnerships Howard Silby said at a Blockchain Australia event, banks are starting to have a mainstream blockchain moment. Silby added he is more focused on corporate institutional banking because that's actually where there's a lot of high friction, high complexity, multiple intermediary processes in banking. There we can solve some genuine customer problems or we can create some new market opportunities. Silby added this includes the carbon settlement platform as a great example of our high friction opportunity to create market opportunities for better transparency of buying and selling of carbon offsets. The challenge with this is that also making sure we can create a digital cash component so that we can fully settle both sides of the trade on the chain and we're working harder on that. The stablecoin component to make sure that both parts of the transaction can be all on chain is super important. That's another exciting development <coughs> working on at the moment. He said that although the platform has executed the first real trades on the carbon platform, we're not really going to consider it fully operational till we've got the digital cash legs sorted. We've done trades, but we've had to settle partly in fiat. So the big breakthrough will be later this year when we have a stable coin and we can do the whole thing on chain. He added Australia has four of the 10 strongest banks in the world. Therefore, there's an interesting role for the Australian ecosystem here on the global stage, which could see the country become de facto global issuers of stable coins in different country currencies. Yeah, well, that's what we're sort of talking about with crypto like it's inevitable mr anderson <laughs> pretty much but i mean when they keep devaluing money which isn't backed anyway um and What's they the want to go and they want to go full digital currency because they want people to um <clears throat> they want people to have a cashless society so they control the money from end to end so they can do whatever they want with it yeah the cash stops stops them from doing that uh, you know, what's the difference between digital currency and crypto? The only difference is the government controls digital currency, whereas crypto is controlled by the people who are mining it and yep. buying it and selling it. Like at this day and age, crypto is far more backed and uh, form far more of a backed currency than than actual cash is. So yep. it's more, it's going to be more stuff. Yeah, okay, it's going to tank. You know, uh, somebody like Elon Musk sells. You know. 100 million shares. Well, of course, it's going to tank the, the, the market, but it's never going to tank as much as if, um, you know, they, yeah, we'll look at countries, is it like Zimbabwe or somewhere like that, where they've got like $100 trillion. Million, 
yeah, and you know, people walk down the streets with wheelbarrows full of money because like they burn them. The homeless people burn the notes because it's cheaper than buying other stuff to burn. Yeah, I saw one kid had uh, there was an old photo of a kid who made a kite out <laughs> of bank notes because the money yeah. wasn't worth anything. No. He's flying a kite around, and they're like, money. it's not like they're one dollar coins. They're, they're like thousand dollar, thousand dollar notes. You know, like they're, they're so worthless. And that's exactly what can happen. While over the government's in control of your money, that's that's literally what it's going to do. Yeah, it has no basis. That there's not backed in any way. So there's nothing to stop that inflation from going stupid. Like it used to be based on buying and selling of gold and 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 precious metals. Yeah. But now that's that's, all that, just that's on the computer yeah. anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so a couple of quick ones. Uh, Xiaomi has released their new Xiaomi 12 Pro, uh, which is their new flagship phone. Interesting side note is that uh, Xiaomi actually occupies third place in the worldwide smartphone market with 12%. Oh, nice. uh, Apple has 22%, the Samsung has 20 And then the other, what's that? 20, 40, 30, what's that? 55% basically. So the other 45% of the market shares held with Huawei and Oppo and, you know, Okay, cool. Dung and all these other ones that exist. Uh, well, I'm sure Motorola's probably still in there somewhere too. Somewhere. <laughs> um, but they've released their new 12 Pro, uh, which is a 6.73 um, screen. Uh, it comes with a 12 gig, um, sorry, an 8 gig 256 or a 12 gig 512 gig. So 12 gig RAM, 512 gig um Hard drive, well, hard drive effectively doesn't have uh, SD. <coughs> um, it's got the new Gorilla Glass Five. Uh, it's got, um, you know, it's got a yeah six point seven three inch AMOLED screen, twenty to nine aspect ratio. Um, has a resolution of fourteen forty by thirty two hundred at five hundred twenty two PPI. Uh, but here's the cool part: it has one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate, which the average person on a Windows computer, 75 to 100 is sort of the average refresh rate that most people use. Yep. You can go as low as even 50 and without really affecting too much. Um, but the new phone actually, depending on what's happening on the screen, can actually refresh right down to one hertz, which is one frame a second. So if it's like literally only a clock on the screen with the seconds ticking over, yep. it's going to refresh the screen one time a second. So the amount of battery power it's going to save by not having to constantly update the screen is pretty cool. Nice. You know, it's funny, <laughs> um, when I was going through some of the old videos to find clips about Glenn and that, there was one about you going, well, Eric was talking about the Gorilla Glass becoming really popular in phones and you were talking about, i got to have six gigs of storage on my phone because I use up so much space on my phone all the time. I need at least six gigs. <laughs> now you're like right. the, the cheapest ones you can get are 256 these days <laughs> i know so weird especially with this one though because um with the amount of memory it has it scores um 1231 in single core and 3459 multi-core on, on geekbench 5 which doesn't sound like much out of context but it's literally the fastest phone on the market currently oh. Um, using the new uh, four nanometer Snapdragon eight Gen one chipset, um, and it's got a um, a Vulcan pro, um, 
graphics processor. Um, the other cool part is the reason it's got such a lot of memory as well is it has three 50 megapixel rear cameras and a 32 megapixel front camera. Wow, nice. You can record with all four cameras at the same time to give you an almost 360-degree thing. And it's a zoomable video image because it actually has a 2 by optical zoom. So it has a 50 meg rear, 1.9 wide, a 2.2 ultra wide, and a 1.9, well, it has 115 degree ultra wide. So it's almost a complete, wow. a complete one, um, you know, flat. So and why do I get a, the Pixel 6 then? I don't know. <laughs> and it has the 1.9 telephoto with a 2 by optical, not digital, an actual optical zoom. Um, which allows so basically what this means is you can record you know for 1080 you can record in 4k but you can record in 4k at 120 frames which is double standard speed wow. 240 frames 480 frames 960 frames and 1920 frames a second that give you some nice smooth slow-mo the slow motion that this phone <laughs> does it's is ridiculous <laughs> That at nineteen hundred and twenty frames a second, it's going to take approximately uh, it's six hundred ten. It's going to take about two hundred seconds to play one second of video. Wow, that's <laughs> mad. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, and they start at um, uh, where are we? What was I looking at before? <clears throat> Depending on which phone you're going for, they they they're between six ninety nine and nine ninety nine Australian. That's pretty good. That's a lot of phone for not much money. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> um, now, speaking of trolling people, Apple Mac Studio troll people far better than I ever can. So they released, their last announcement thing, they released two key products. One was the Apple Mac Studio, which is their effectively studio quality video editing um, hardware. Another one was their display, your display that goes with that. So, their um, their Mac Studio. So, if you go for the basic one, which is the entry level one, running an M1 Max processor, you're looking at thirty one hundred dollars. Um, if you go for their mid range one, you're looking at sixty one hundred dollars. Uh, but if you go to the like all out everything, so the Mac Studio Pro. With a 20 core processor, a 20 core CPU, 64 core GPU, 32 neutral cores, 128 gig of RAM, 8 terabyte of SSD, you're looking at $12,100 AU. Wow. And here's the cool part, right? When you open it up, it has a standard like M1 SSD style drive in it. Yep. It has a second port beside it, and it has a standard uh, memory chip. Except. They're all proprietary and serial number locked to the BIOS. Yikes. So you can't upgrade your memory, you can't upgrade the the hard drive, and you can't add another hard drive even though there's an empty slot in it. What is it that Apple's always had about <laughs> upgradable things that they don't? They just want you to buy one model thing and it's got this in it whether you like it or not, and if you want another one, wait 12 months, we'll bring out another <coughs> one that's faster and got more storage and you'll have to buy that then. So basically you're buying yourself a WISE terminal because <laughs> that's effectively what that is. It was a lump of hardware that you couldn't touch anything in. Yeah. Um, okay, look, I'll give it credit. It's a powerful, you know, it's a little powerhouse. Like I was reading somewhere, it can do 20, um, 
uh, what were we reading? I can't remember what it was now. It can do 20 stream, like 28K video streams simultaneously. So, okay, it's definitely a power, and it's the same size as the Mac Mini. So, you know, it's pretty cool. So then I thought, okay, well, we haven't quite trolled you enough. So what we're going to do now is we're going to release our new Apple Studio display. Now, the prior one was, I think it was $6,000 for the display. It was like another $1,000 if you wanted the leg to put it on your desk. Yeah, for the like another, It was like another $1,000 if you wanted the matte non-reflective finish so you could actually see the monitor. So you paying like $9,000 for this 27-inch monitor. <clears throat> this time, you get a 27-inch 5K retina display. Uh, it has a 12-megapixel ultra-wide uh, camera built into it. Studio-quality mic, six-speaker sound system with spatial audio. So it sounds pretty cool. So $2,500. Unless you want the non-glossy screen, then it's 3000 If you want the, uh, the tilt stand... It's another 3000 If you want the tilt and height adjustable stand, it's 3600 on top of that. If you want the Visa mount adapter to mount your monitor to the wall, that's $3,000. <laughs> so, and the really cool part about this new monitor that's taking design cues directly from the 1980s is that the plugs are hardwired into the back of the monitor, like the cables. Yikes. <laughs> so, <What the> hell? <laughs> so you can't put extensions on them you can't undo them to put them through the hole in the bottom of your desk no. because you can't fit the big power plugs and everything through them <laughs> you can't mount them on a visa stand generally because generally you would run the cable through the wall and out the back of the wall yeah. if you're wall mounting it so you, you can't even wall mount it <laughs> what the hell <laughs> So thank you, Apple, for doing something I, that even I'm proud of. Yeah. <laughs> like, Where do they get these ideas? You know. I read somewhere that they made like an extra $2 billion in profit over the last <laughs> year because they didn't include the headphones and charge cable and adapters for the phones now, saying it's yeah. a waste. It's, <clears throat> it's environmentally unsound to include them with the phone, so we'll charge you for them separately which everyone buys separately, and then ka-ching. Admittedly, most people have that many of them floating around now. Yeah, but there was enough to right. increase their yeah. profits by an extra $2 billion well, just on accessories was, that they don't that include. Was, that was the first gen of the USB and the high-output chargers, see? Yep. But yep. this time around, that won't be such an issue because no. people have really got all that stuff. Don't break them. Don't give Pretty them to much. the kids. <laughs> Yeah, Macs are, Macs are not toys anymore. They 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 should be, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Apples are not for eating. No. Ask <laughs> Newton. They hit you on the head, cause concussion, and make you invent things like gravity. That's how it goes, right? Yeah, bloody gravity. If I hadn't invented it, could you imagine where we'd be? Out there. Several thousand miles that way. <laughs> <laughs> Floating along in the sky. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, uh, everybody. We appreciate that uh, you take the chance to listen to us on the show. Um, this is dedicated to Glenn, of course, and we'll continue the show in his honour every week that we can. We recorded this one on Wednesday night to make sure the uh, show goes out before Friday, and uh, that might even be the night that we do it from now on. We'll just see. And uh, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to try and get some of the old tech heads together, and we're going to try and do a bit of a 
a bit of a group and have a bit of a chat about the good old days. Remember It'll be re- released as a special episode when we get a chance to do that. Yeah. So thanks for watching, guys. We really appreciate it. Once again, please just remember to can't to pause, postpone your donations for now, just until we can get on top of that. Yeah. And don't unsubscribe from us. Don't unfollow us. Don't don't disconnect from our RSS feeds. We will still be doing it. There will be teething issues for a little while, but. Yeah, give us a chance. We'll get there. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. See you next time. Bye. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. This is episode 335 on the 4th of April 2013. We've survived April Fool's Day, I think. I think. I don't think we've got any stories here this week for you that are, that are not true. Uh, there's a couple floating around, but I don't know about you. I'm getting a bit, bit over it all myself. I didn't actually read any stories on April Fool's Day. But anyway, that's just me. How are yous? Welcome to the lounge, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live. Welcome to the guys in the lounge. Join us every Thursday night. And they squeeze in there and I don't know what they do in there. I have to have a look one night. Might have to join them. I think they're having fun. A lot of strange noises coming out of there. But I think they have a, I think they have them fun. Uh, welcome to everyone else that listens through the podcast or via the video through the front of the page or through YouTube. Welcome. Welcome all. Okay. What, 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 we're going to start somewhere? Who's gonna, who wants to start? Anyone got any stories they want to keep? Oh, Shane. He's got his, uh, his little doodars to say. His yeah, little, well, this little history thing. <laughs> this little, little this week in text. What do you got? Don't show us your doodars, oh. Wayne. <laughs> not, it's not that little, Glenn. Oh. You need a wide angle, do you, mate? <laughs> we're not continuing on with those. Uh, you guys are family. Like, what, what were that, you? that must be a record. It's only seconds into the show and we've already lost our family-friendly <laughs> radio. Yeah, well, that's right. Oh, what were you talking about? Need a record. What were you talking about last week? A donger or something? I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. But anyway, forget about all that. Put them all away. Now, just just going back to my little thing, just to dispel any any talk of lawsuits, uh, I, 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 I found the story. Can you believe it? Steve Barmer gets egged now, and Gary oh Gary Kasparov gets flying penis. So there you, there you go. You can have a look at one of those in Hungary. Microsoft CEO Barmer gets egged by a student. And and there we go. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's see if we can play that. Let's see how we go. This is interesting for those on the audio, I know. Gary Kasparov being a Russian chess grandmaster. Right. Well, there they go. There. <laughs> Playing around a little helicopter there. <laughs> it's like crazy. <laughs> yeah, see, I told you. I was right. I knew it was something like that. Somebody did from somewhere. That's right. But uh, how funny! <laughs> you can't believe what. Oh dear, it's funny what people get up to. All right. All right. Let's get stuck into it and let's meet somebody who hasn't been here last week. And it's Will. Hello, Will. Hello. Not... Yeah, very fortunate. I'm here again this week, actually. Oh, what's um, going on in your busy little my life? My computer's trying its best to explode. Oh, good. And how's yeah. it doing yeah. all right, is it? 
Well, the, the well at the moment it's working, which is uh, one stage above what it's normally been doing this week. So, right, and uh, and look, and and those of you, I have got a new toy, and it will be it will be expanding. You want to hear it? Don't. There we go. I've got one soundboard thing. One... He he learnt how to internet. <laughs> I got one sound uh, one sound in the soundboard, and that's it. Or well, I'm gonna. I promise to get hey, more. My soundboard came with thirty or forty sounds. You got ripped off. Yeah, well, I got a blank one. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, want... you got those Apple high quality Apple ones. That's that's I, what the problem. Is. I didn't want all the the fart soundboards like you will. I needed. I just wanted a blank one. Start afresh. Yeah, you can enter. You can do those yourself. You don't need a soundboard for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we better bring uh, Jace in as well. He's here. He's sitting over in the other corner. Hey, Jace, how you doing? Hi, everybody. Hey, what's been going Hi, on with Dr. you? Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick? Is that the guy that uh, kills people? <laughs> Crikey. Eventually, at some stage. Dr. Nishki, whatever his Where name is. Where have you is. been for the last 27 years? What? <laughs> flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? What the country? <laughs> He looks like the he looks like the master. I'll tell you, give you a heads up. This guy talking about uh, I don't know beer. Did you see that YouTube video? (laughs) (laughs) I must be thirsty. Did you see the YouTube video about the guys who hooked up all the kegs to the guy's tap? His friends tap. Yeah, that was hilarious. I think it was New Zealand. Hope he doesn't have any kids. I had a drink out at Daddy's tap, and now I feel very weird. Like David at the dentist. Yeah, there's a, the video it's going. Alive. I think they're New Zealanders. I think if you want to catch it, I think it's on. Uh, it's on YouTube, I guess. I think I saw it on the Nine MSN actually, but I think, I'm pretty sure it'd be oh. on a YouTube because it went viral, and it was yeah. quite funny. They waited for the old mate to go out for work, and they snuck around. They put under, rolled in full kegs under his house and ran about. And they must have. I counted. I must have counted four or five kegs. Hooked up every tap in the house, and so when it was turned on, uh, beer came out. <laughs> So he came home unbeknownst to him, and I, I think his wife goes, "What's that coming out of the tap?" When she goes to wash her hands, and he goes, "I don't know." He goes, and he goes, puts his hand under it. He goes, "What is that?" He goes, "Oh, it's beer." <laughs> Imagine when his wife has a shower in the morning. I mean, a lot of women use beer for shampoo because it's supposed to be good for your hair and make it silky. But I think you have to wash it out after. Oh yeah, soap up, soap up, and uh, oh, and a special little shout out to one of our listeners in the lounge right now, uh, Miko, who who advises that um, on Talk Like a Pirate Day and probably every show that he watches the show in the raw. So hi, Miko. I uh, hope you're having fun. <laughs> All right. Just keep the webcam turned off. <laughs> I'm glad it's not Google Hangout. Well, <laughs> no pun intended. Don't let your Google Hangout. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. On, onwards and upwards. Yeah, Talking well, about internet issues. Probably this I've just uncovered. Maybe, maybe the source of the problem. Tell me what you think. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I know. Drum roll, please. Chicken <laughs> man. Look Wait, what, what I got in the mail. <laughs> yeah, you know how else got that? Evans Head got that, and yeah. then two days later, they got a mass publication saying, "No, sorry, that wasn't meant for you." Now, what it what it was was a, it was a card. It was like a big postcard from Telstra. On the front, it says, "Glenn, you're getting better broadband." So let's turn over and see what that's all about. Hey, hi, Glenn. Here's some good news. We've recently upgraded the broadband network in Rabina. So you should be experiencing faster speeds even during peak usage hours of 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. 
guess what? <laughs> More good news is that we're giving you th- oh the three for free crap. All right, so there you go. Maybe they've twiggled with it, they've fiddled, they've twiddled, they've spat on it, they've cleaned up the connections. You know, they've, they've um put the, the the stripped the wires with their teeth, they've reconnected everything. I haven't noticed any difference. But any-